Welcome to Straight Talk Wealth, heard every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. with your experts in all aspects of wealth accumulation, preservation, and income planning guaranteed to last a lifetime. And now your host of Straight Talk Wealth, Bruce Whitey on News Talk 1590 KVTA. Welcome to another interesting episode three of our series on China and our interview one-on-one with James R. Gorey, the author of the book, The China Crisis, How China's Economic Collapse, because really, who cares? Come on. We're talking about China. Why do we care? Why why is that important? It's on the other side of the world. You know, you're trying to work. You got a 401k. You got an IRA. You got funds. The market looks good. Hey, they stopped stopped quantitative easing. The world didn't fall apart. Why, why, Why are we worried about China? Really? What's the big deal about China? Well, the subtitle of the book is How China's Economic Collapse Will Lead to a Global Depression. Um, that's pretty harsh words. Pretty, 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 pretty harsh. So <laughs> we're going to say you get to when you're a radio personnel, you get to goof off, too. And then the whole world gets to hear you. Isn't that fun? That's just kind of like kids putting on a Halloween show or something. Hey, anyway, uh, let's talk about James Gorey. James Gorey. Uh, has a tremendous background. He publishes, uh, he wrote this book in 2013, a really substantive book, lots of great evidential data in it. And he also publishes a blog called The Banana Republican. You can actually catch this blog, you should. Uh, the Banana Republican USA.com. The Banana Republican USA.com. That is James Gorey's blog. Uh, investing Politics and living well in third world America, third world America. I think he has another subtitle here, how to thrive in a failed economy. Uh, anyway, so uh, great, you know, weekly stuff. You can stay up on top of, of what he's currently publishing. Oh, he has a new, uh, he has one for an October here, a blog, the gory details, China's big wall street play and what it means. Uh, Record breaking IPO of China, based sourcing company alibaba mean it's proof that the beijing model of capitalism is this proof that it's better than america well you're going to know by the end of this show he doesn't think so now here's the thing i just want to talk about really quickly which is what does this really mean to you uh why we've been carrying these shows on because you know people are overwhelmed today there's so many messages here and there and you know they're just trying to hang on to their money and get to retirement and Make it grow and keep it safe. So, first of all, let me just let me just frame the conversation with James here. James warns that rather than being a nation on the cusp of replacing the United States as the global superpower, uh, China is once again on the path to a complete social and economic meltdown. And in the book, he talks about the earlier meltdowns from the beginning of communism to the Great Leap Forward, which was really the nowadays referred to as the Great Leap Famine. Millions, multi-millions of people perished in that communistic, top-down-driven model. And he says in his book, Under China's Self-Inflicted Crises, Uh, From 1949 onward, communist China languished in an underdeveloped hell. Combination 
Uh, the policies were a product of a combination of political paranoia, ideological zealotry, and utter stupidity and ignorance of the laws of supply and demand, coupled with an institutionalized culture of corruption and deceit that continues in China to this day. Political paranoia, ideological zealotry, and utter stupidity and ignorance of the laws of supply and demand. So he covers the great leap forward in the book was the first debacle. Then you have the cultural revolution. Uh, just schools were closed for 10 years during the cultural revolution, leaving a whole generation un- uneducated. And the lesson here are the mistakes that are made on a grand scale in China by a leadership structure and ideology that pits the communist party and the state against the people without having to answer to the people. So uh, then you have Tiananmen, which eventually came about, and Tiananmen brought about a change in the way China operates. Interestingly enough, the Chinese model was to bring in, to import American, uh, and, and that actually began before Tiananmen. But as they began to import, this goes back to Deng Xiaoping, as they began to import American technology, American investment, Western investment, uh, it unfortunately brought in a lot of Western ideology, which led to the democracy movement of Tiananmen, which led to, uh-oh, the Chinese Communist Party might get booted out if the people speak. So they cut a deal after they massacred those hundreds of students in Tiananmen. They said, we will keep the economy vibrant. We will keep things coming so you're all happy in your new middle class lives as long as you do not rise up against the government. So the problem is that that becomes another government-created bubble. It's the essence of this story, is the government-created bubble of China and what happens when that comes to an end. So uh, that is the, the basics of this story. And again, uh, you know, his take on it is that uh, Chinese, Chinese economy is incredibly wasteful. It is incredibly corrupt. It is once again on a path to complete social and economic meltdown. They have a real estate and a financial bubble that is unsupportable. And unlike Chinese meltdowns in the past, this one is likely to have a devastating effect on the global economy and the U.S. economy as well. Now, the way we've structured this program is there's been a lot of outrageous things that, that uh, James has said in the interview that I conducted. And by the way, I'll write this number down because we're going to make sure that the entire interview is available to you uncut on a single CD. Uh, you can call right now and ask for that, but there's more to this offer. So you might want to just hold off a few minutes. In about 15 minutes, I'll, I'll talk more about the complete offer. But the number you should write down right now is 888-882-5578. 888 882-5578. I have a lot of great free premiums for you today to help you understand this story better. That number also spells 888-8-TALK-STRAIGHT. 888-8-TALK-STRAIGHT. So in the prior weeks, we covered issues like rampant Chinese counterfeiting. That part of the Chinese model is to bring in Western technology 
But you can't innovate too much in China because it's not a, a conducive environment to innovating. So they counterfeit a lot. And the counterfeiting in China, we covered, you know, James had a few things to say. But the way I've been formatting is I will go out and I'll find something that either negates what he's saying or correlates it. So we, we did some BBC news shows about immense counterfeiting of products. So many Chinese phony products. Very, very dangerous uh, Chinese car counterfeiting of the most dangerous cars in the world. In other words, they make them look good. They make them look real cheap and they're death traps. And those, they're trying to export those. Uh, Chinese corruption, we talked about on the previous shows, that their GDP reports are just full of false reports. There's, you can make almost up any, you can make up almost any number in China and report it. We talked about Chinese destruction of their environment, the desertification that was going on. 4,000 villages a year being threatened by the inward movement of deserts in China. We talked about the Chinese water project. And again, we gave the correlative reports that I could find on the internet to what James was saying. So this was all correlated and documented in the prior shows. We talked about 50% of the species in the Chinese rivers disappearing over a massive country of China. I mean, you know, the immensity of the country to have 50% of its species disappear out of the rivers is no small event. So what are we going to cover today? This is the final show. I'm going to try to get through all of it, uh, finish out the interview. Um, We are going to cover the demographics of China, the effect of the one-child policy. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit with James about it. We're also going to talk – I'm going to pull out of uh, Harry Dent, who is an expert in demography, a – author of The Demographic Cliff, How to Survive and Prosper During the Great Deflation of 2014 to 2019. Uh, Harry is going to, uh, I'm going to pull from his book on a section just about China. It was a section called, it was headed with The Potential China Disaster. Government planning puts $220 million in hell. So we're going to read from that by Harry Dent to correlate this demographic aspect. Then we're also going to talk about the internal civil unrest in China. It's amazing. Did you know there was over 100,000 protests a year in China with 10,000 or more people in the protest? We never hear about that. I couldn't believe it. I went out and documented it. Uh, And much more. We're going to talk about what effect this is going to have. I'm really going to spend some time today also on what effect will all this have on Joe and Jane 401k. Because one of the things we've talked a lot on this show about is how the uh, economy and the markets have really been uh, stimulated up to the sky. And that creates a bubble. And, and I'm gonna, it's a good metaphor to talk about a bubble. Because one thing about, if you look at the last bubble we had, the tech bubble followed by the real estate bubble. Bubbles are believable. All the lemmings have to get to the edge of the cliffs before a bubble breaks. So the end of a bubble is the most believable period of it. Okay, and and I I get discredited. I get people arguing with me. Sometimes people turn this show off when I talk like this anymore. And I was around in the last bubble, and I remember we had to tone down our talks about the real estate bubble. I was giving seminars throughout Los Angeles and Orange County about get your equity out of your property or or 
secure your property or just outright sell it now because this housing market is a bubble and no one would believe us and we were just the naysayers, right? So bubbles always look the most glorious towards the end. But this is the fact that's just theoretically hard to argue, which is when a bubble gets stretched, when there's still so much that is not supportive of an asset bubble, then what you begin to look for is a trigger. And I had this conversation with a listener uh, earlier this week. We talked about triggers and we talked about October and there was some shaky things. But the thing you have to understand about a trigger is it's got to be big enough to really shake confidence. So a small market adjustment, a few bad reports, um, even a little bit of disturbance in Europe about their debt is not enough to burst a bubble. Uh, you will see some great reaction where it begins to anticipate it, but there's so much liquidity in the system, that's not going to happen. What it's going to take is a major change, a major event. And in my report on inflation or de Inflation, America's monetary system in crisis, and how to plan for it, which we'll be giving out today when you call 888-882-5578. Uh, we talk about the triggers. We talk about something major, like we're concerned that Portugal has given serious consideration to leaving the euro. If one of the major players left the euro, that might collapse the euro enough that that would draw enough confidence out of the market that then in a very thinly thinly based bubble, you finally have a real drain where people run for the exits. China could be, and this is why I want to get back to why we're talking about China. China could be that trigger. There is so much bubble in China. We will also, I hope today, talk a little bit about the Chinese real estate bubble, which we've covered prior in this show, 64 million uninhabited apartments in China. I'm going to certainly cover that in out of Harry Dent's book because he does talk about how the middle class is all in on that bubble. And when that bubble breaks, the burgeoning middle class of China will be all in on the civil unrest, which is already up to 100,000 incidents of year a year with 10,000 or more people. So let's move into this. I do want to tell you really quickly what the giveaway is today. Um, and we'll talk more about the value of it later. But Here's just what I want to say about what we're, why are we doing this? What does it mean to you and your 401k? And why should you call 888-882-5578? 888-882-5578. First of all, we have two offers. One is we're going to do a free kit of information to help you learn more about this. Now, what it means to you and your 401k is basically two words, bubble and correlation. So what has been the overriding influence to asset markets since 2009, since we fell to the bottom? And that has been money printing and stimulus, money printing and stimulus in Europe, money printing and stimulus in the U.S., in China, in Japan. Stimulus is addictive. And it's impossible to get off of when the underlying foundations are so weak globally. Now, yes, the market had priced in this recent change that Yellen did said we're not buying anymore. The trick is going to see whether the economy keeps rolling forward or whether the economy starts to sputter and contract. That's going to be the test here. Now, the benefactors of all this money printing have been three, three asset classes, stocks, gold, and real estate. They're the ones that went, yay, print more money, everything goes up. 
And our concern is if this does start to change and if things get weaker and the Fed says, no, I'm not going to go back to doing what I used to do. And then you get a trigger. You have to protect yourself and you have to be uncorrelated in some aspect of your assets. So the giveaway today talks about that. And we have a free package of information and we have a free service depending on what you're interested in. First of all, uh, when you call 888-882-5578, everybody gets this. So everybody today is going to get our show we did recently, Will China Destroy the Dollar? And we looked at this very, very important issue. You should be informed about this. There are rumors that China is hoarding gold and is going to destroy the dollar as a U.S. reserve currency. We investigated for an hour. It was one of our best shows. We're going to give that away for free when you call 888-882-5578. We're going to give away... Wall Street Journal op-ed that ran uh, some months ago by Joseph Joffe called China's Coming Slowdown. History shows that every economic miracle eventually loses its magic. How much longer can China sustain such astounding growth? We're going to include the complete version of this interview with James R. Gorey, the author of The China Crisis, How China's Economic Collapse Will Lead to a Global Depression. We're going to include uh, the entire interview on one CD that I did with him. And we're going to include a great DVD that we produced a while ago. It has two videos on it. One call is called Historic Rates of Return, Wall Street's Dirty Little Lie. And the other one is called What is a Retirement Roadmap? So all of that's for free. Call the number. Ask for the information kit. You'll get that for free today. That's I don't know. That's like at least $150 of materials or something we're giving out for free. Now... If you want to actually get some help, and I'll talk more later about the actual service we're giving away, which is a $1,000 service we will do for free, we will include, if you ask for it, the operator is going to ask you if you want this, the Retirement Roadmap Service. The Retirement Roadmap is a strategic plan that we will build for you at no cost and no obligation to help you look at what assets you you can have correlated at risk. And if there is a bubble, where can you go to be uncorrelated? How much should be there? And what would the look of your future be if we have a crash? If we don't have a crash, give me the what you think the markets are going to do. We'll show you your future. That's a retirement roadmap service. No charge, no obligation. Normally a $1,000 service. If you call, we'll give you that for free. And in that case, if you ask for that, we will add my report, Inflation, Deflation, America's Monetary System in Crisis, How to Plan for It. We will add James Gorey's book, The China Crisis. And we will add a six-month subscription to James's blog, The Banana Republican, Investing Politics and Living Well in Third World America, How to Thrive in a Broken Economy. That is a $120 value to have a six-month subscription to that. We will include all of that when you request a retirement roadmap service. I'll talk more later about the retirement roadmap, but let's get into the story. The first thing I want to talk about is demographics. So to, in a nutshell, what I want to summarize is the importance of demographics to a economy is it tells you where the support versus the production is. So when you have, for example, in, in most cultures, we have uh, some idea that people will slow down and they'll need to be supported in some way. In some countries, that's pension, whether it comes from the government or the private sector. Here we have a blend. We have private pensions, but we have social security. Uh, 
for example, when you have a lot of young people, but not a lot of old people, as does India as a demographic, it means it should be fairly easy to support those people in retirement because there's a lot of working young people that can make that happen. Now, in the United States, somewhere, something I published earlier, if I can pull this stat back out of my head, I think around the time that Social Security was created, we had about 30 some odd people working for every one person that was taking a social security benefit. And it was very sustainable. Currently today, we have about 2.2, let's call it 2.5 people that work for every one person taking a benefit. And the baby boom is a massive growth of people going into a social security era who they're looking for a benefit. But the population behind them is smaller than the baby boom. The baby boom is 80 million people born from 1946 to 1964 in this country. 80 million people of the total 300 million population. So that winds up and some of that population isn't working. So you wind up with about two and a half people working for everyone taking a benefit. And as the baby boom goes into retirement, those numbers could get close to one-on-one, if not upside down. Now, think about this. China has had a generation of government policy that a couple must not bear more than one child called the one child policy in China. So what happens and who will support, whether through taxes, whether through private industry and production, who will support the older generation? when there's fewer younger people than there are in the older generation. So we're going to talk to James about the demographic problem here for a bit. I'm going to refer to Harry Dent because Harry has taught me so much about demographics. And we'll talk about uh, his report in his book about China's demographics. And then we'll kind of peel these subjects off one at a time. So let's move to the interview I did with James Gorey, see what he had to say. I want to change course just a little bit and talk about a different issue here. Um, Let's talk about China's demographics demographic changes and how you foresee uh, the results of their one-child policy and the pension crisis ahead. Um, That was a huge, huge sweeping social experiment that uh, consumed a generation in China, one-child policy. And, you know, one of our our common guests here is Harry Denton. He says that the way to uh, kill the economy is stop having sex. So uh, (laughs) let's let's talk about that demographic change and how you foresee the results of the one-child policy and the pension crisis ahead playing out. Sure, you have one child end up supporting. There are there is no pension, or there's very little bit of little pension plans available in China, and and so that's why their savings rate is is the highest in the world. And the dilemma you have, or the or the the horrible circumstances that are coming about, is you're having one child having to support four sets of parents, or you know, four two sets of parents, the, the grandparents on both sides. And that's not going to, they're already a pension crisis. They're already, they're, there's already people demanding their pension, their early pension that they were quote unquote promised at one point, but never delivered. They don't have it. You're telling and me, you're telling creating, me that the political system of, uh, from each according to their ability to each according to their need, uh, we have social security here and they don't have that? They, they they do to, a, to for a certain level of population, especially in the cities. Um, but you have to be born in the city, and uh, you you have to have a kind of a a stamp of approval from uh, from that city government 
the party officials there and so forth, but it's the vast majority of the cases. So this ma- this so, demographic is massively upside down. What, what's going to happen? Well, I, I'll, I'll take it from the words of the current uh, Premier Jinping. He says, look, we're going to have a, a crisis, and they're going to have a crisis of legitimacy, not a way an easy way around. They're going to have a collapse at some point, and when they do, the predictability is that they will do whatever it takes to stay in power. Um, they're showing that today, but as a from a financial standpoint, they're looking at a, a very, very hard landing. Um, the problem with that is that they're going to take us down with them because our economy is inextricably linked with theirs. And they may fall, but they want to, they'll want to break the dollar as well. And, and they're moving that direction. They have already said that, that there's not a a compelling interest for them to be holding dollars as much as they used to be. So their you know, their rhetoric is, is is telegraphing their intent. And everybody knows that the debt against the dollar is, is untenable in the long run. And um, so there's a there's a there's a ticking time bomb aspect to this. But unfortunately their hard landing will also probably be ours. Okay, so as as has been my routine on uh, these episodes about China, my interview with James, uh, I try to find collaborative or invalidative data, if if it's not true, about what he's saying. So I want to read from you here. The demographic cliff that was published in January 2014 by Harry S. Dent, uh, New York Times bestselling author and what I feel is one of the most insightful economists that we have today, uh, How to Survive and Prosper During the Great Deflation of 2014 to 2019. This is on page 168 of the demographic cliff under the potential China disaster government planning puts 220 million in hell. He says mainstream economists are hailing China's model of growth as the new model of state driven capitalism. That would imply that governments are better at driving the economy than the invisible hand of free market capitalism. Not. (laughs) And why not? As China's economy that he put that not in there, And why not? As China's economy has urbanized faster than any emerging country in history and has grown faster than any major economy since the 1980s. I'll give China one thing. It has realized how powerful it is to move people from rural to urban areas where their incomes and spendings rise three times. And China is the largest population and rising nation that has the national pride to want to be number one in the world, unlike many manana developing countries. But here's the disaster scenario for China. It has already built new homes at twice the rate of new households. From 2000 to 2008, it's been doing this. Now it is building them at 3.3 times that rate with rising speculation from investors now as high as 53% of home purchases. So 53% of the condos being built in China, of which there have to be 64 million uninhabited, 53% of those are speculators buying them. China has the most overvalued real estate in the world by far compared with incomes, as high as 35 times income in Shenzhen, 30 times in Beijing, 28 times in Shanghai, and an average of 15.7 times annual income is the cost of housing in China. That's way more than London or Tokyo. When global growth slows, when the globe slows, 
These urban migrant workers with the lowest skills will lose their job first because a lot of the urban population are these migrant workers who, by the way, have no job, no benefits, no social security, pensions. They're on their own. So they're going to lose their jobs first with little ownership and benefits. And then they retreat to rural areas where they have family, self-assistance, agriculture, and often basic homes they do own. Vacancy rates in China, in the cities, are already at 24% from overbuilding and speculation. What happens if up to 220 million of the unregistered leave? Overbuilt cities become ghost cities, like Ordos and many unoccupied cities that already exist, and real estate prices collapse 60 to 80% or more. Now, everyday Chinese save 50%, and the top 5% of Chinese save up to 70% of their incomes, and they put most of it into real estate and bank accounts, not stocks and bonds, with over 85% home ownership. So the top 10% save the most, control the real estate prices, as well as 60% of income and the majority of spending. If the China real estate bubble bursts, wealth will evaporate far more than in the United States, and spending by the most affluent will evaporate even more. Then real estate falls even more, And the economy collapses because the Chinese economy has been built on manufacturing and exporting and real estate. So that is how the contagion grows. And again, that is what our concern is, why we're covering this story. Now, you know, you got to be an economist. You got to be a student of all this because this is a lot of noise for Joe and Jane 401k to be paying attention to. And is this really going to happen? I mean, that's a far look ahead. Well, listen, you know what? The tech bubble... You were, you didn't get it. You didn't understand how everyone's going to get rich until the tech bubble was over. And then it was only those people that had enough vision to say, I told you so. And the same thing in the real estate market. No one saw the real estate bubble burst coming. Come on. Of course they did. There was stuff all over the place that it was going to burst. We knew it was burst. We, we, we protected people's home equity at the time that it was building up and it was in a bubble. So here's what I want to say about all of this. Why are we talking about China? What does it mean to you and your 401k or your IRA? Or listen, you know, you guys that listen to this show, and I know I've talked to so many listeners, and I love you. I'm like so impressed with the people that I get to talk to as a result of the show. A lot of you are very, very wealthy. You still need to learn a lesson because wealthy people have this attitude most of the time, and I'm going to get in your face about it, the wealthy here, which is they're smarter than everybody else. They're smarter than the average bear. When someone starts to do really well and make a lot of money, they get this sort of two- Their head is too big for their shoulders attitude. Well, two words for all of you, bubble and correlation. What has been the overriding influence to asset markets since the downturn? It has been money printing and stimulus. And money printing and stimulus have been the story in Europe. It's been the story in the United States. It's been the story in China. They print condos a little more than they print money, but it's still the story because those condos were built with money from 
the, the, the owner of the capital, which is the communist government, on a top-down basis. And in Japan, Japan has been printing and printing in stimulus, and they have nothing but deflation. Stimulus is addictive, and it's impossible to get off of when the underlying foundations of an economy are so weak, in this case, globally. So what's been the benefactors of, of all this stimulus? Stocks have been a benefactor. Gold has been a benefactor. Real estate. And what we're saying today is you have to protect yourself and uncorrelate. Now, that doesn't mean don't make money. It just means find other assets that make money that don't tie to the big three correlations, stocks, gold, and real estate. Find something that will protect you when that correlation goes down and dives and things that will actually make you some return regardless of what the rest of that does. So this is what we're going to do. First of all, if you call 888-882-5578 today, we have some free stuff to give away. We have a great information packet. Everybody calling gets this. We're going to give away our our prior show we have on CD called Will China Destroy the Dollar? And we're going to look at whether that is really something China's plotting to do and how would they do it if they did it. We're going to do uh, give you the op-ed by Joseph Joffe out of the Wall Street Journal. China's coming slow down. History shows that every economic miracle eventually loses its magic. We're going to give you the complete version of this interview I did with James Gorey on a single CD. We're going to give you the DVD video with two great videos on the DVD, Historic Rates of Return, Wall Street's Dirty Little Lie, and we're going to give you the other video, What is a Retirement Roadmap? Now, you can also, in addition, get the second layer for no charge and no obligation if you request our free retirement roadmap service. Easily a $1,000 service. Let me tell you about it quickly so you know what you're asking for. You better know what you're asking for. All right, here's what you're asking for. Um, Whether you realize it or not today, um, living in retirement is, and it's going to be a different place in life than you are right now. Before retirement, what happens is most savers are only looking at methods of accumulation. So they're up 5%, they're down 3%, they're up 10%, etc. But I'm telling you, if you're already retired, you're starting to experience it. If you're in the middle of retirement, you still have to think about this problem every day. And the rude awakening is that you get one day to a point where you've arrived at retirement and your portfolio is whatever it's gotten to. But the game is going to shift from accumulation. That's over because now the entire paradigm shifts to one of distribution and preservation. And that math gets much more complicated. For example, after Social Security and other income sources, how much should you actually be drawing down on that portfolio each year to meet your needs? So what percentage of the total portfolio is that and how many years is that going to last? And if the market should have another shock of loss, what adjustments in your retirement lifestyle at that moment in time will you be prepared to make or will you need to make because you didn't otherwise prepare? And how will potential inflation be a factor in your spending also? So what I want you to understand is you plan your retirement just like you plan a trip to a new destination. And there are certain stages that we prepare a retirement roadmap study with you. And we actually figure this out when we do the study. This is, again, at least a $1,000 service. We're giving away for free today when you call 888-882-5578, 888 888-882-5578. 
We'll give you this retirement roadmap. So we look at where are you going? If you're building a roadmap, where are you going? And what type of facility are you used to living in? Which is basically a calculation of how much income will you need in retirement and how much inflation will you see in those costs over the years? Then when do you want to leave on that trip? Now, if you're already there, are you sure that you're set for life to stay there, even if the financial weather changes? Three, how long are you going to stay there? Because people are living 20 to 30 years in retirement. So a big factor of how you make that last is you got to figure out how long you're going to be staying there. Four, do you currently have all the resources that you will need currently, or are you going to require more years to keep saving? Five, we look at how powerful of a financial engine is going to be required for this. Um, I guess the metaphor would be, do you plan on flying, yachting, or driving an economy car to get to your destination? But what that really means is this. This is the key calculation. This is almost the crux of the entire analysis. Exactly how much growth from your portfolio is going to be needed to accomplish and sustain this plan. Must you have a baseline of 5% growth, 8%, 10% or more? And is that real? And lastly, what if the weather turns bad along the way? What exactly is your survival plan if these markets do have another major change? And all I can say is for most baby boomers, those decisions they make in the next 10 years are going to have a tremendous impact on whether they're even even going to arrive at that destination, let alone how long they're going to stay. And over and over again, we find that when new clients walk in our advisor's door, rarely have they ever clearly mapped out that journey that's going to take them to that place in the sun. So you wouldn't plan a road trip that way with no map or GPS, would you? You'd map it out. I do want to tell you a lot of companies are offering those kinds of services today. The main thing that's different about the Straight Talk Wealth Retirement Roadmap is that while our maps might be good with some hypothetical performance and we think this is going to... It's that weather change that that you have to think about, not the history of what's happening. You know, they say uh, history of markets is no promise of future performance, but then they base everything they tell you on history. I want to say, what if history changes? So we're going to start with that hypothetical, but we're going to end with guarantees. And that's because even if you've mapped out a smart and efficient trip, it could all be for naught if you don't stop and think for a moment, what is the weather going to be that I'm traveling in? And that's why I do this show. That's why we talk about China. That's why I'm so conscientious about the challenges facing today's global economy. I'm certainly thinking about them for my family. So personally, we think here, at Straight Talk Wealth Radio, if you listen to us every week, we think the next 10 years on Wall Street could make the last 10 years look like a picnic once this stimulus bubble loses steam. So it's not about how to get to retirement under ideal conditions. It's about how to get there through the worst of storms, safely, securely, and guaranteed. And stop doing this investing by pulling shiny objects off a shelf. I went to a seminar. I heard about this. It sounds good. I My friends told me about this. Get a strategic plan in place that can become a baseline guide or standard for the rest of the tactical decisions you're going to be faced with over a year. That is exactly what a retirement roadmap is. And I strongly suggest you take advantage of that. Ask the operator to get the retirement roadmap. She'll ask for two times for me to call you back to get a snapshot of your situation, and we'll compile that. And when you do, we'll add my report on inflation or deflation, America's monetary system and crisis, how to plan for it. We'll add James Gorey's book, 
book, The China Crisis. We're going to add a six-month subscription to James's blog, The Manana Republican. So you can have the uh, kit of materials if you want, or I strongly suggest you step up and know for no charge, no obligation, and get our retirement roadmap service. The number is 888-882-5578. It's all free. 888-882-5578. 888-882-5578. You've got to call by the end of the show because that's when the operators are on. Uh, that is also 888 888- Eight talk straight triple eight 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 two five five seven eight or triple eight eight talk straight. Hey, you know we're getting short. I may have to make an episode four out of this. I just may do that. But the next thing I want to talk about is civil unrest in China and how severe is it. So I brought that up with James. Let's get into that. James, what I want to do here is I want to look at the way that you put this together. I, I enjoyed the structure of it. You analyze the Beijing model in about seven aspects. And although we're not going to uh-huh. break each one of these down, you talk about you analyze it in terms of its stability. You analyze it in terms of its sustainability. You analyze it in terms of right. dynamism. Is there a healthy dynamic between the society and the means of production, the political system? And you look at justice. You look at political adaptation, creativity, and renewability. I want to I want to just talk about the stability factor for a minute. A couple thing, things that you raised in the book. You discuss the difference between the type of stability that might exist in the West and in mm-hmm. China and what you feel is the source of China's stability, which is essentially its strength, its power down, uh, its, its being able to buy off the population by material success. But that isn't working in all cases, and that's really what I'm trying to tease out in this story is where the cracks in this are happening. Now, you say in the book that civil unrest has reached near-crisis proportions in China. Well, we're not hearing about this. So what is going on there that we may not be hearing about that that allows you or, or leads you to say that civil unrest has reached near-crisis proportions? Can you tell us where that's happening, or what do we not know about? Sure. The reason we don't hear about it so much is because, you know, China has its, its fans. And typically in some of the Western media, China's a big, big story and it's a big success story. And it sells, you know, it, it sells newspapers or gets eyes on the screen if China's going to surpass the U.S. or the next, uh, you know, it's a, it's a story, right? And it's a great, especially if you're, if you're not a fan of, of American hegemony in the world, then that, that's what you're going to tell. Um, but but the Chinese blogosphere is full of those things, those stories. Um, an event of civil unrest isn't really an event unless it has 10,000 people or more. Mm-hmm. And China now has well over 100,000 of those events a year. Um, the civil unrest is such, is, is, and the danger is so great that... Wait, that, wait, wait, hold on. I, I, I let that go by. China has 100... 100- yeah. Just give me that stat again. Thousand, hundred thousand a year. Thousand protests with ten thousand people involved, or, or more. Yeah, yeah. We sure yeah. aren't hearing about. There are. You sure not hearing about it? And and you know that you're not hearing about um, China running over a, a farmer, crushing him with a bulldozer in the middle of the street. Um, you're not hearing about. Um, people who violate the one-child policy and get called and found out their house being 
um, you know, knocked down in the middle of the night and, 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 and the pregnant woman being taken to a, a clinic and, and having her baby, you know, isn't, isn't that policy yeah, changed? You know. aren't, aren't they, haven't they lightened up on the one child policy? They have, they have indeed. Um, the damage may be done. Um, and it, remember, China is an enormous country, so what, what happens officially is not always what is happening um, it, locally for a variety of reasons. You, you know, I, I'm trying to get the hardcore vision, the hardcore scenarios that we can that we know exist that change this story. And I, I want to go back to this in a minute and see if there's more you can tell me about these protests, these rampant protests of 10,000 or more people in China. Uh, do you have any more uh, s- anecdote story? Uh, can you give me more examples of, of this? Well, we, in, in I mean, far, we hear about the sure. Uyghurs. That's all we hear about is the Uyghurs. Yeah, the Uyghurs. Yeah, the okay. Uyghurs in the far west. Yeah, so the they have problems there. with their Muslim population, blah, blah, Easy to write yep. off. I'm not yep. saying that's my viewpoint, but that's the usual blase attitude someone's going to have about it is they got a Uyghur problem. So that doesn't right. sound rampant. You just painted a very rampant picture of 10,000 people in protests. Help me see this a little bit more, because I, I, I can't see it anywhere else if you don't tell me. If you're looking for other examples of it, I yeah. mean, it's, some people are not, you know, areas are not being fed, or areas are not getting paid. Um, people are not getting jobs. Uh, farmland is being seized. Uh, villages are being raised. And these are happening all over the place. Uh, and if you, even in Beijing itself, people are being, there are private unlicensed security firms who are simply just making money by seizing these protesters or who they perceive as protesters or leaders and, and jailing them illegally without any, without any kind of government or police knowledge. And the idea behind that is that they're probably acting on behalf of the, you know, they're an off-the-shelf agency that, that is uh, cracking down on people because uh, they're farming it out. They can't handle them all. And the very fact that you have a, a national, secu- an internal security budget, the size that, that China does, that surpasses their all defense budget, that, that tells you everything you need to know. They are worried, worried, worried about the crisis that they have in, in civil unrest. And the leadership has said civil unrest will be one of our biggest problems. And the population has named civil unrest as one of the top two or three problems that face the country. So everyone acknowledges it. It's just not a, if you were looking for the footage of, of 30,000 people rioting, you know, in Zhangjiang uh, province, well, you may, you may or may not see it on the website, on the Internet, but it's there. And, uh, and what were they rioting um, about? Land, housing, the seizing of land, you know, food. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, uh, the bank accounts, <laughs> you know, the inflation. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things. Or, you know, falling real estate prices in some of these places have created crises where people who have bought a condo for right. a certain price, and then a, a month later, the price drops by 25%. Now you've got a bunch of unhappy investors. Um, so the, you know, and and the real estate market is being pulled uh, up and down by the by the policy, the monetary policy of the Chinese. So there's a lot of people who, with their entire savings and their entire life savings in real estate, and they're seeing it evaporate overnight, or, or not being able to to get it back. And, and uh, again, all these are all because of manipulation from the government. So there's a lot of economic, financial, land related, cost of living related 
food-related sources of, uh, of discontent, as well as pollution. Pollution is a big one as well. It's one yeah. of the bigger ones, actually. Yeah, pollution is so is so horrible. I mean, that there are entire cancer villages along rivers, not just one or two, but hundreds. There is a story of a, or the account of a, of a, a bureaucrat visiting a town, and they said, well, they, they dared him to walk into the river because he didn't believe it was that bad, and he, he actually did not walk into the river because if you did, you'd have, you know, sores breaking out in your skin and these kinds of things. So, I mean, it's, the the Chinese don't eat fish anymore because no fish live in their live in their waters. Hmm. Um, they're, 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 which is forcing their fleets, their fishing fleets, out into further afield because they've they've poisoned their entire coast. Right. And every every industrialized country has has this problem to one degree or another. But if you think about it, in thirty years, what they've been able to, <laughs> how quickly they've been able to degrade their entire entire country. It's quite amazing. Right. Um, although that, that, they were degrading it before that, but the, certainly the rate has gone much higher. And, and I are, and this is all part of the Beijing model. It's not a model. It's a process. It's a, it's a, it's a rampant disrespect for um, the environment, for people's rights, for humanity, for the human prospect, for, you know, there's, 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 empathy is not a big part of, of, of Chinese culture. And they disrespect each other just as much as they disrespect anybody else. And I'm not paying a picture of they're the worst people in the world. That's not my point. The point is, is that there is no sense of, um, of moral, of morality in the country. And that is coming, again, from the, from the, from the very, very, very top of, of the leadership. And um, they have said, Jin, Jinping, Jinping has said himself that we are facing a crisis of collapse morally and financially and he faces a very difficult problem how does he how does he reform without collapse and he because he sees the uh, uh the example of the soviet union in, in the late 80s and early 90s and he sees what happens okay you're listening to straight talk wealth radio i'm your host bruce whitey we are here every sunday morning on kvta at 8 a.m all right so uh let's go find some sort of correlative data about this this is pretty alarming um, I want to first just deal with this civil unrest. Here's a story came off the BBC. Let's see if James is telling us the truth. It's sheer force of numbers that has brought order back to Shashi. Hundreds of police brought in to quell a simmering, tense town with a large population of migrant workers. The two nights of rioting were sparked by allegations of police brutality and up to a hundred people may have been injured in the trouble. More serious than most perhaps, but just one example of the dozens of daily cases of civil unrest and protest that China doesn't want the world to see. Journalists are rarely allowed access, internet search terms are blocked, and besides, people are often too nervous to speak out. I'm not too sure what happened, this man says. Of course, many people have simply chosen to stay inside for fear of further violence, and almost every shop on every street has had its shutters down, closed for business all day. And as we move through this town, we're having to stick to these back streets, only filming the riot police from a distance because it's a near certain bet that were they to see us, they'd stop us. Cheap migrant labour has fuelled China's economic boom, but tougher times are putting pressure on wages. 
calm has been restored here, but it's unlikely to be too long before this country's restless factory heartlands feel the force of the law again. John Sudworth, BBC News, Shashi. Okay, and one last element here to corroborate both of these. South China Morning Post. This is a 2012 article, but I did find this. It said... Uh, land grabs are main cause of mainland protests, experts say. Confiscations and demolition of homes are the main cause of protests. Land seizures, pollution, and labor disputes have been the three main causes of tens of thousands of mass protests in recent years, according to a top think tank. In its 2013 Social Development Blue Book, released Tuesday, the Chinese Academy of Social Sciences said the mainland was experiencing frequent social conflict because of, quote, social contradictions were diverse and complex, unquote. It said that there had been more than 100,000 mass incidents every year in recent years. There's a little bit of conflict to how many people make a mass incident. I couldn't quite nail that down. Um, it said Professor Chen Guanling, Guanjing, editor of this year's book, said that disputes over land grabs accounted for about half of the mass incidents, while pollution and labor disputes were responsible for 30%. Other kinds of disputes accounted for about 20%. Yeah, I did find a bunch of corroboration across the internet that there was this much social unrest, go- unrest going on in China, which is uh, really what I want to corroborate. So real quick, we're about at the end of the show. I want to have James talk about what all of this means to you with your IRA, your 401k, and your stock investments, and what can we do about it? And I want to actually take the last few minutes here and talk about the end scenarios on this. Uh, you paint a pretty nightmarish scenario of what a collapse of the Chinese system or the entire country would do to the global economy. Uh, I want to elaborate on this, but I actually want to cut through the chase for our listeners. Sure. I want to ask you, one, how imminent is this collapse? And why should the average American Joe or Jane 401k be paying attention to any of this? Well, I think the collapse is, is closer than it was yesterday. And that's, a, that's an easy way of saying things. But if you look at what's happening, the global... Pax Americana, international institutions that the American economic powers put in place since World War II, that's unraveling. The peace is unraveling. The institutions are unraveling. The dollar is, is hollow. So a big part of and any stock market, for that matter, is confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, psychology plays an, plays an enormous part in sure. the validity or invalidity of, of a currency. Um, on the one hand, nobody has confidence that the Chinese know how to run the world or want the Chinese to run the international uh, systems. Who wants that? Nobody wants that. So by default, that's where we are. It's, it's, it's still America's financial system, although that is changing rapidly. How is it, it going to hit so us and how is it, it going to the, affect the average working American? Um, how is that going to hit us? Well, your dollar-denominated assets will, will suffer tremendously. And dollar-denominated assets such as the stock market, which is, uh, which is you know... It, Basically, a, a, a function of the U.S. dollar and a function of the U.S. market based in dollars. And it's, it's, that's a very dangerous place to have all your money. I'm not saying you shouldn't have some money there, but I'm also saying that uh, if the dollar does collapse because of a China collapse, then you're going to have a problem, a big, big problem with dollar-denominated assets. Furthermore, even if, it, even if China does collapse and we're somehow spared the worst of it, many people, many folks have their dollars in Chinese economy. They don't mm-hmm. even know it. So many of their many of their their mutual funds, their ETFs, um, their, their, their 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 positions in four hundred one ks and so forth that are in China denominated or China companies that will have are you know, 
will be proven to be less, much less valuable than they, than they are today or perceived to be today. And you can say the same thing for American companies as well. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, most American companies have profits. Most American companies have at least definable, definable uh, balance sheets that you can look at and point to and, and, and get some kind of um, regulation on and, and reporting on. Not the same with China. Hey, folks, listen, uh, call in, get a bunch more material, learn a lot more about this on your own. Uh, when you call 888-882-5578, 888-882-5578, we will give you uh, the past show we did, an in-depth look at Will China Destroy the Dollar? A key part of this story. You're going to get the Wall Street Journal op-ed from Joseph Joffe, China's Coming Slowdown. You're going to get the complete version of this interview on a CD, the entire uncut interview I did with James Gorey. You're also also going to get our DVD on historic rates of return, Wall Street's dirty little lie, and what is a retirement roadmap. You can have that. Just call in. We've got a lot more material that will help you understand the story. 888 888-882-5578. 888-882-5578. 888-882-5578. You will also request the Retirement Roadmap Service. It is invaluable. It is a $1,000 service. We'll do it for free. If you request that, you'll also get my report called Inflation or Deflation, America's Monetary System of Crisis. Give you a copy of James' book. We'll give you a six-month subscription to James's newsletter, The Banana Republican, How to Thrive in a Broken Economy. It's $120 value. All of that call in now, 888 888-882-5578, 888-882-5578. Eight eight two five five seven eight. Content of Straight Talk Wealth Radio is for educational purposes only. Any discussion on financial products and their features is subject to change without notice. Consult your own tax, legal, or financial advisor as to your specific situation. Tax-free benefit specialists and insurance services. California license zero e four eight one four seven.